The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod, and we are coming to you live from my guest room. Uh, this is uh, this is how we live in these interesting times, right? Um, and look, if people like John Oliver and Jimmy Fallon and people like that can do it, we certainly can do it, right? We're going to keep on keeping on. And I'm here in our living room. The show is going to look a little bit different, and every day it's probably going to look a little bit different as we utilize new technology, but we're here, and that's the important thing. And I, I really want to be able to be here with all of you. I know that each and every one of you is facing different challenges right now, and more than ever, we need a place where we can go, where we can get information, and we can get inspiration, and you know that that is our mission here at Autism Live. So we are here, we are live, we are going to continue to be here, we're going to continue to give you cutting-edge uh, interviews and uh, information to help you to be able to do the things that you have to do. By the way, we welcome the entire greater autism community here. Uh, for me, that it starts, of course, with the individuals who are on the autism spectrum themselves. Um, that's, a, 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 of course, right? But it is also everyone who cares about them, right? Whether you are a parent, a teacher, a practitioner, a grandmother, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, a husband, or a wife, and if you care about somebody on the autism spectrum, then you are a part of our community, and we welcome you to come here where we can look for solutions and how we can get to that progress and um, maybe in the course of that, change the rest of the world so that they understand and are more accepting and more aware. So, uh, in any case, uh, we're here this morning, very excited to be with you, and uh, we want to start by showing you some of the different ways that you can connect with us here on Autism Live, because there are a lot, and Traven is doing a fabulous job doing this show, for, like we're all in different places, right? Um so Trayvon's showing you some of the different ways that you can connect. My view of the screen is vastly different in this format that we're doing, so I hope that you can see it. I'm seeing all kinds of buttons that I can push. Uh, but I want to remind you that our homepage is autism-live.com. You might be watching us on that format right now, um, but if you aren't, if you're watching us on a different, maybe you're watching us on YouTube or Periscope or any of the places that iHeartRadio, right? Um, I want to tell you about autism live live.com because there's lots of information there and I want to encourage you to go there visit watch some of our archived videos because we've been doing this show for eight years there's a lot of information there and it's available to you free and it's available 24 hours a day seven days a week you don't have to log in you don't there's no membership nobody's asking you for any money we want you to utilize the information in a way that helps you 
And I know for some of you, that's more important than it's ever been, right? If you're stuck at home and you're like, ah, I don't have any help. I can't drop my child off at school. I'm a little bit confused. I want you to be here with us during live shows because we're in the coming weeks. We're going to have lots of experts here that are going to be available to answer your questions in real time and to give you support. But we're also going to give you some interesting things to think about, things to talk about, things to do um, while you are at home um, to help us all stay in the right place mentally, right? Stay healthy mentally and physically because it's super duper important right now. So I hope that you'll check out all those things. And don't forget on our homepage, autism-live.com, there is a chat at the bottom, a live chat where you can write in. It's totally anonymous. By the way, we, we moderate the comments on YouTube and Facebook. I will tell you that even before... Uh, people were at home and more available to watch. We weren't able to keep up with absolutely all of the comments, although I, I tried during the show and I try after the show. But if you see that your question or comment um, isn't being answered, um, then please ask again. Because uh, I do notice if I'm like, oh, somebody asked this before and we didn't get to it. And I, I do kind of give those preferential treatments. So be persistent. As in all things that are successful, be persistent. And forgive us as we try to accommodate as much as we can, right? I do like to give the disclaimer at the start of the show whenever I have a minute to say that we do have lots of experts on the show. Um, and we love having the opportunity to do that. Um, but I don't want you to get confused that I am not an expert in the field of autism. Can we be 100% transparent about that. I am a very proud mom of a, a young man who was diagnosed with autism at the age of two and a half. And I will tell you that I am one of the luckiest people on the face of the planet because he got access to good, I'm good, crazy good, uh, ABA therapies, all the things that he needed. I got access to supports that I needed. Uh, my husband and I both got access to supports. And because of the state that we lived in, even though there wasn't insurance funding at the time, we got funding for our ABA and it was still hard. I'm so lucky that we got all that and it was still hard. So uh, I uh, want to be here to help you. I want to be your cheerleader. You know, I always say we hold hands, but we do it virtually. Si se puede, right? We hold hands and we can do this together. I want to be a part of your cheerleading team. I want to help you to get the things that you need and that your kiddo needs, right? So um, that's super duper important. Um, but not an expert in the field of autism, just not. So there's that. Uh, also, uh, I, 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 you know, I've been hosting shows about autism now for over a decade, and I, um, not an expert, but I do like to say that I think after interviewing all these experts, I at least have an informed opinion. So if you want my opinion about something, bring it on down. But I'm not an expert, and, and everybody should be very abundantly clear about that, right? Uh, so at the start of the show on Thursday, we do like to start with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey nani nani are those experts talking about and uh, shed a little light on it. Now, we've been working on the verbal operants and we've been talking about verbal operants that are that we talk about a lot on the show. Now, the verbal operant that we're going to talk about today uh, I, I, actually, I'm not even 100% sure. Show them what the jargon of the day is uh, today. What's our autocritics? It is the one I thought it was. Uh, okay, so this is, a, this is a word that I had not heard of until like six months ago. And somebody said that, and I was like, 
what is that? Because <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what that means. Uh, people are like, really? You've never heard of the verbal operant of autoclitic? This is how strange my life has become. Somebody say, really? You've never heard of the verbal operant autoclitic? When did we think that was going to be a part of of our conversation if somebody had told me 15 years ago that somebody would say that to me like i'm surprised at you i i would have had them arrested okay but it is a verbal operant uh so let's give you the actual definition so we can all pull our hair out and go uh no use to me whatsoever uh nonverbal responses that modify the effect of the listener of the primary operants that comprise uh and i'm not getting to see the whole thing uh i don't know why traven uh but the comprise bf skinner's classification of verbal behavior. An autoclitic is a verbal behavior that modifies... I can't see it, Traven. Uh, this this is not well thought out. You guys can see it. Read it for yourself. Uh, but in any case, it doesn't matter because you can't understand it. What in the what? <laughs> what does that even mean? Uh, I don't know. Uh, do you? Because if you can shed some light on it, that would be great. Uh, that's why we do this segment because... Who knows what that means? Okay, so let's take it down a notch. Let's look at what our working definition is so we can make the BCBAs break out in hives. Autoclitics are things you add to verbal communication that change how the listener interprets what is said. So here, I was thinking about this last night, and I was like, how do you explain autoclitics? Because this is a very difficult concept, right? But my current understanding of it is that you know how when you text somebody and it's taken completely wrong and you go, oh yeah, you know, it's so hard in text because there's so many things that get left out that interpretation can be, you know, really bizarre. Well, the things that are left out are the autoclitics. So when I, you know, I could text the word, yeah, I love that. Or yeah, let's do that to you. Right. Um, but what's the line reading, right? Because in person, I could say to you, yeah, let's do that, right? And you would know, oh, she's using sarcasm. You know, she doesn't want to do that, right? And, or, you know, there are lots of different things that I could do. I could go, yeah, let's do it, right? And you would feel differently about how I felt about it than if I said, yeah, let's do that, right? So autoclitics are all those things that you add to it that, convey information so that the listener says, oh, I'm interpreting this, right? So stop for a second and think about all of the perspective taking that is involved in autoclitics. So, you know, not only on my end, I'm saying something and I'm adding some color to it, right, that is going to convey information to the other person, but the other person has to gather that information sort through it and make an inference based on that. Ooh, lots of room for interpretation, right? And this is total social communication. And for our folks that are on the autism spectrum, I love that a lot of times they will just cut through it and go, you said that, but I'm not really sure what you mean by that, right? Um, because I don't really know how to interpret what it is you're saying. How much do we all wish that we would all do that, right? Like, I've tried to be more like my friends who are on the autism spectrum in the last couple of years, and when I'm not 100% sure, because always before I was in the autism community, I was like, oh, I must, it must be that I'm supposed to know what they're saying, right? And a lot of times you don't, because somebody says something and you're like, wait a second, what does that mean? 
but we think that we're supposed to know so we don't ask. And for individuals who are on the autism spectrum, a lot of times, especially if they've been told it's okay to, we'll ask and go, what does that mean? Are you saying yes or no? Um, and that is a skill that we all need to learn. But it's great if we can teach autoclitics, too, that there are ways of conveying information. Look, we do this when we're writing, right? That there's ways that you can set a mood. There's ways that you can convey things to your listeners. And we, you and I, uh, to some extent, we all do this, right? Um, but... Uh, some people more than others, and some people interpret it better than others. So autoclitics, all those things that are added on to communication that convey information. So it's a pretty interesting thing, right? But I, I believe that we should all be learning to ask rather than assume, right? Okay, moving on, uh, we always have a question of the day for you. And our question today, ba -ba -da -ba, by the way, you can be writing in the answer to the question on any of the formats that we're on. So uh, our question is, what positive things do you say to yourself? Look, we know that we're all talking to ourselves in our heads, right? Um, and that there is this dialogue that's going on. There's been lots of books that have been written about this. Um, but there, I, you know, when I used to teach acting classes, I, as a friend had referred to this as the yabba yabba. That, you know, the yabba yabba is always, so you say something to somebody else, and, and I would talk to actors about this, but, you know, even in your real life, you might say something to the person that you're on a date with, right? You go, oh, I really enjoy walking my dog. And then your yabba yabba says, that sounded lame. Right? We have conversations with ourselves in our heads. Um, and not everybody has it as much as other people. Like, there's varying degrees of this, right? Um, and I remember having a conversation with my son about this early on. I'm like, you know, uh, the concept of that was a very interesting thing for him. But he very definitely does have conversations with himself. It just looks a little bit different than it does for me. But we should not assume that folks on the autism spectrum don't also have that. And by the way, when we talk about mindfulness, which we will later on in the show, one of the things that we talk about is minimizing that voice and merging it into the present voice so that we don't have that constant commentary. It's not always helpful. But since we know that it's there, what is it that is it saying? Because our, our brains are positive, assumptive computers. So, uh, you know, if the voice is saying things to us like, you know, why did you say that? That's lame. Then our brain goes, yes. Yes, it's lame. I'm lame. Everything I do is lame. I am, you know, why am I even on this date? I'm on level. Like, it'll just go, woo, right? <laughs> All of those places that we don't need it to go to. Um, however, if we flip that equation around and the voice says, you know what, you're a really good person, the brain goes, yes, yes, I am. Yes, I'm a good person. I have a lot of things to offer. It may not be the right things for this person that I'm on a date with, but, you know, I'm a good person and I'm going to find somebody who really appreciates that, right? The brain takes it and goes, boom. So what we input has a lot to do with how we're experiencing the world. And by the way, this is true for our kiddos on the spectrum, our teens on the spectrum, and our adults on the spectrum. We want to be building them up 
to um, say positive things to themselves, to experience the world through their own eyes in a positive, positive way. We all get up every morning and we all have, that is my dog groaning, by the way, if you're hearing a groaning in the background, my dog is laying at the, the foot of my desk and moaning. Uh, she's uh, sighing. Uh, but in any case, uh, we... We want to make sure that we are saying positive things to ourselves. We get up every morning and everything is available. So you can get up this morning and you might have woken up this morning and said, today sucks. Today sucks and I don't get to go anywhere and I'm home with my kids and this is going to be a horrible day, right? And your brain will go, yes, it's a horrible day and here's all the evidence of it and there's plenty of evidence of it, right? Um, or you could get up in the morning and you could input the thought, how can I make today great? How can I have extra fun with my kids today? How can I make the most of this day that we have where we're stuck at home or where we have the opportunity to be home? Like, just flip that around. Like, what would be super fun? And you know what? Your brain will go, yes, today does have the ability to be super fun. Um, and if you say, you know, what can I do to, uh, to have today be a day that's, that's really fun? What would make me happy today? What would make my child happy today? Your brain goes, yes, that can happen. Here are some different ways that you can do it. It's amazing. It's amazing magic trick, but um, it's a magic trick worth doing, right? So take some time um, to say positive things to yourself every single day. Model the behavior for your kids. Um, input things for them that they can say to themselves that, you know, because how often have you been and you're going to experience this and they're doing their homework from home or being online with a teacher and you're going to hear from our kids who are verbal, they're going to say, I can't do this. I guarantee you. Um, and then that becomes the thing that they tell themselves. I'm not good at this. I can't do this. And, you know, it might be true that right now that they can't do it, but you can input a different statement and say, hey, but you're good at this. Right. Let's remember that you can do this and you're learning how to do this and you're a good learner. Um, input that information so that we stay in a positive light. Right. OK. Uh, so write in what positive things do you say to yourself? Because, you know, we could all really benefit from knowing what those things are. So uh, let's go on now to our topic of the week, which is kind of a pivot point. Um, and, and let me just tell you, we set this topic um, for this week well in advance of knowing what this week was going to be like. Uh, so things have a way of working out. Today uh, and all this week, we've been talking about coping with fear. How appropriate is this for all of us right now? And I... Um, I have had the opportunity to uh, be at a lot of meetings. It's been very hectic. For those of you who are still working from home, um, man, whoo, there's been a lot going on in order to get people to work from home and to make things work, right? Um, for those of you who aren't working, there's a different level of what your experience is this week, right? There's very divergent experiences. And, and I have to be honest that um, being in action and having work to do has really helped me to cope with fear. And I think that that's a very basic tenant for all of us, that it's very hard to be doing something and be in fear, right? We talked about this on Monday, that fear is false evidence appearing real, right? Because in the moment right now, 
Um, if you can answer just a few questions for yourself and say, am I okay? Is my family okay? And, and if they're not, if the answer is no, then the next question is, what can I do to change that right now? Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that most of the time, if you have the ability to say, am I okay right now? Is my family okay right now? If you've got the time to ask the question, it's almost always yes. In truth, that in this moment in time, and again, you got to be very careful not to project into 10 minutes from now, right? Right now. Are you okay right now? And most of us are okay right now. Yeah, you have fear about how am I going to get groceries. You have fear about how am I going to afford groceries. You have fear about what if somebody gets sick, right? And, and those are all things that are on everybody's mind plus 38,000 other things, right? But right now, are you okay? It's very important to start from there, right? And then, you know, you, it, then you can start to deal with things about, okay, what can I do? And when you get into the do, it's so hard to maintain a level of fear while you're doing something, even if it's that you get down on the floor and scrub your kitchen floor. I don't know. I don't want to get down on the floor. I don't want to scrub the kitchen floor. But you know what? I know that if I truly was experiencing a lot of fear, that's something to do. You can put things in the do column. So often fear um, comes from a place of feeling like you don't have control. And here's one of the things as somebody who has had OCD and panic disorder, uh, and I know that I talk about that a little bit on the show, but I went through some really wonderful cognitive behavioral therapy that helped me and continues to help me. And um, I know that it becomes about what we say to ourselves, which is part of that thing about, you know, what are the positive things that you say to yourself? You can go through a list of things and say to yourself, you know, um, here's what the reality is. You're not negating the fact that our world is different and we don't, we don't have control over a whole bunch of things. But if you will take control over what you have to take control over, it's that serenity prayer, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. You cannot change what is happening in the world right now, but you have infinite control over this moment right now, how you're breathing. Nobody has control over that but you, right? You have control over the environment around you. Um, you have control over what you decide to do with this day if you are most people in this world. I know it might feel like you don't have a choice today, like it might feel like you don't have the choice to work, it might feel like you don't have the choice to not work, but ask yourself, wait a second, wait a second. If I remove everything else, who's in control of me? You are in control of you. And what do you choose to do? And if you choose to input positive thoughts into today and positive actions, and even it's this weird magic trick, but if you are feeling out of control, take control of one thing. It could be a drawer. You could go clean out your silverware drawer and take control over that. And I tell you what, the accomplishment you feel when you've taken control of that, it, it like meters out to other things. So try to stay in the moment. Try to take action. These are some of the best ways that we can help with the fear. Do what you can. Let go of the rest. Uh, you know, whatever your personal beliefs are, whether you can say, I, I love the meditation of let go, let God, in inhale and exhale, let go, let God. If that is not your personal belief system, um, find something else to say. You, you say, uh, let, let go twice. Just say, let go, let go, right? Um, 
you know, whatever, whatever it is that helps you find the phrase that helps you because you can't shoulder it all. Right? You take control over what you can, and that's what we do. Uh, okay, so uh, we got a big show for you, lots planned, and uh, we're going to get to a mindfulness moment, and I believe that we have a great guest for you. So we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to be back with more of Autism Live. Don't go away. Welcome back to Autism Live. I'm very excited because we have two wonderful guests who are returning to the show from Clarify. Joining us on the phone is Rich, and I'm Rich. I'm going to slaughter your name. I can't believe I didn't ask you. Ulig. Uh, it's Ulig. Ulig. Thanks so much, Janet. Okay, and we have Kayla Wagner who is also joining us, and they are from a company called Clarify. Now you're seeing it on the screen right there. Clarify with an I. And uh, very important that we designate that. And so, Rich, why don't you start us off? Uh, you're the founder and CEO of Quadrant Biosciences. And why don't you start us out by telling us what Clarify is for those who haven't seen you before? Sure, that's great. And, and even before we start, Jen, I just wanted to say uh, thank you for bringing up the topic about the magic of positive thinking. It's such a powerful thing, uh, and uh, for our little company uh, five years ago to to uh, uh, to see the clinical research that was being done at SUNY Upstate Medical University and the Penn State College of Medicine, and spend five years of work to get to the point where we can bring uh, an evidence-based tool like Clarify to the market, powerful. Um, you know, positive thinking was a huge part of that. So um, thank you for uh, uh, for mentioning that to, uh, earlier in the show. So Clarify is, uh, is an evidence-based uh, saliva um, tool that uh, can very accurately differentiate children on the autism spectrum from, uh, from uh, 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 children without autism. And that that includes children that have developmental delays but not autism. Uh, this is work that was, uh, the underlying science behind it was funded by the NIH uh, as well as others. And uh, uh, we have well over a thousand kids now that are, that are part of the research that, uh, that went into building Clarify. And this is cutting edge stuff right here. I, you know, when we first had you guys on the show and we were talking about this and we were talking about all the possibilities of this being a reality, and since you've been with us, you, you've launched and you are in over a hundred clinics now. Um, and you know, I'm so excited to hear what's happening. Um, but but let's talk about. Uh, some basics for a second, maybe Kayla, uh, about how how it all works and and where people can get it and who should test and and so on and so forth. Sure, thanks, Shannon. I'd love to talk a little bit more about that. So, as you probably know very well, and many other parents in the community, the current diagnostic process really overburdens families and. You know, the wait times that exist fail to provide children with opportunities to start evidence-based interventions early. We know that 
um, decades of research have shown that there's positive change and children uh, benefit tremendously from uh, intervention services. And so time is really crucial in this situation. So Clarify was built purposely to be administered as early as 18 months through six years old. And um, as Rich was describing, it's a saliva-based test. And it's purpose is to be administered to children where there is a clinical suspicion of autism from a previous screening tool or maybe other indications by uh, the physician themselves or by the parent. And so um, what happens is um, a lot of times clinicians are using a screening tool like the MCHAT um, to provide an indication of risk level of autism. Uh, this happens very commonly at 18 and 24 month well child visits with the pediatrician. And then uh, what's happening is a healthcare provider is providing our biological test as the next level of testing to provide a probability score indicating the likelihood that the child in fact has autism. And what's great about this is the, the results are objective, that it's biological information um, about the child's likelihood of having an autism diagnosis. And so if results indicate a high likelihood, the healthcare care provider can get that child immediately started on um, intervention services or support that they need. And, and really beyond this, um, uh, beyond getting children started in intervention services, the clarified test results really help families find their way to, you know, it gives parents a head start by allowing them to begin learning about autism early, understanding how to best support their child and best help them succeed. Yeah, and when I think about, you know, what are, the, what are the current problems facing the autism community, and let's face it, in the last two weeks, those problems have gone through the roof. Uh, but one of the problems that we, that's been pervasive is getting the diagnosis, that we seem to have a great delay that the current process for somebody to get a diagnosis, you know, it's a long time to get an appointment, and part of it is, is that it takes a really long time for a clinician. They spend a couple of hours getting to know the child, doing all these tests. Then they have to weigh and meter them, and they have to write the report, and that takes many, many hours for that person to do, and then it is still subjective that there are families who feel that they are, you know, needing the diagnosis and that they their child meets the criteria but the the person doing the diagnosis says oh you know let's take a wait and see approach even in this day and age and that it can be very frustrating and very costly for the family and costly not just terms in terms of financial time but costly in lost time where we didn't start the intervention and you know if there was a way to say hmm you know i'm seeing a couple of things do a swab and go yes we've confirmed it and and streamline this process to be able to get our kids into early intervention, that's life-changing. Um, so that's pretty amazing. But Kayla, um, so you already mentioned the fact that it, there already needs to be the clinical suspicion, but is there an age range that this is most appropriate for? Yes, Clarify is validated for 18 months through six years old. So children who turn seven cannot currently use our product. We are um, doing extensive work to broaden that age range, but right now that's the age range in which it's appropriate. And when you say validated, maybe we should take just a second to talk about the studies that you guys have done and how effective you found this to be and why you are able to be in clinics. Is that a question for Kayla? Did I lose you guys? 
I don't know if I've lost them. So, so, oh, oh no, I'm, I'm still here. Shannon. Okay, great. Uh, so I can take it, and, and Kayla, please join in as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've been doing clinical research for uh, on this uh, in partnership with SUNY Upstate Medical University, the Penn State College of Medicine, for over five years. Uh, we've got multiple uh, NIH uh, grants that have uh, helped along the way, um, and. Uh, thing for parents to know that you can request it even if your clinic isn't offering it say hey can we can we you know can we get this test um when when a parent requests that what do we know about will insurance cover the cost to the parent yeah so it's very important for us uh that the test can be accessed uh accessed by all families who need it uh the first step in uh, obtaining reimbursement uh, is obtaining a code for billing purposes. We receive our own proprietary, um, uh, unique proprietary laboratory analysis code or PLA code uh, from the American Medical Association uh, in December. Uh, the second step is to obtain a reimbursement amount from insurers. Uh, so we're, we're working diligently on that process. Since nearly 50% of all ASD children are covered by Medicaid, uh, we'd like to uh, achieve reimbursement from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services first. Uh, 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 and and you know, keep in mind that by widespread adoption of a scalable, highly accurate diagnostic test for autism like Clarify, um, uh, Beyond the clinical value for families and children, this improvement uh, in identifying children earlier can lead to decrease in the lifetime cost of autism. So, uh, and a lot of that cost savings is actually uh, uh, available to the Medicaid system itself. Um, we did a cost analysis, uh, which was valid validated by a company called Avalier Health, which works with a lot of companies uh, on Capitol Hill. Um, and the estimated cost savings to education is in excess of $13 billion a year. And the savings to, to Medicaid in both medical and residential care uh, costs is expected to be about $11 billion a year. So uh, needless to say, broad coverage 
access to the test uh, will have a tremendous impact, first and foremost, to children and their families, but then also to, uh, to taxpayers in our medical uh, system as well. Which is pretty amazing, uh, you know, and that's just talking about the financial end of it again, but I, but I also want to talk a little bit about the savings of time and the peace of mind of, you know, for all of us who've had a child diagnosed on the spectrum, um, you know, there is that skepticism that comes from people as your child participates in interventions and starts to improve their skill level. Uh, if I had a nickel for every time somebody had told me that my son, oh, he's probably not on the spectrum, my kid who was nonverbal and hitting his head on the kitchen floor. Um, you know, having uh, something that is not subjective as a way of, of diagnosing could save a lot of time and energy uh, and help people to get on board. So there's the mental aspect of it as well that I just think is, it cannot be understated, uh, it cannot be overstated how important that that is. Um, so uh, where do we get it, you guys? Where like So we, we go to the clinic and they say that they have it um, or they say that they don't have it. When they say that they don't, who, again, who, where do we reach out to? I'm, I'm, yes. Okay, there we go. So, Shannon, um, so the, the test can be ordered at clarifyasd.com. So, what happens is um, if a parent is interested in ordering the test um, or using the test, they can print out a, we have an informational sheet that they can print from clarifyasd.com and bring it into their physician to educate them. You know, um, we just released this product in December, and so um, there are healthcare professionals who are still learning about this technology. And so, but the test itself has to be ordered by a healthcare professional because it has to be prescribed by them. And so, um, if if the health if they bring in the informational sheet to their physician and the physician does in fact want to uh, you know suggest that the child is appropriate for this technology, then they can go online and request uh, a number of kits either by calling our customer service or ordering it. Um, and and if the the kits are already in the office, uh, the parent could use the test right then and there um, and then take home um, an instructional sheet to register the test online. Results come back in three to six weeks to go over with their physician. So it's very similar to many other uh, tests that are used in uh, primary care settings today. Okay, so here's what I want to say to our viewers that are watching. Most of you um, are people who already have a diagnosis either for yourself or for your kiddos, um, but you may have a second child that you're concerned about, uh, or you are, you're the autism community and you have your ear to the ground and people are calling you, I know, on a daily basis and saying, I need to get my kid diagnosed, what do I do? And we all know the hoops that we had to jump through to do this. So this is something something that you now have in your arsenal that you can say to friends and family who call you and say, I don't know what to do. You can say, go to your clinic, request this. Uh, request this so that you don't have to go through every, like I know people that have went through three years trying to get a diagnosis. Um, I think if we can, as much as possible, move to this kind of a scenario, uh, 
what it helps us to do is to get that early intervention starting faster. And as um, I, I don't, I don't know if you guys even have a bead yet at this point, but maybe you can speak to um, how insurance companies are they accepting this as part of the diagnostic process and going, oh, okay, um, the doctor, or is it more the doctor is saying, I have this second backup, it's that much easier for me to do this, and so the insurance companies are absolutely taking it. That's right, Shannon. Yeah, this is this is very new technology, and so it's being used on many levels. Um, you know, because it's the first biological signature for autism, it has many uses in the diagnostic process that currently exists. Right there's. The, the pediatric setting primary care on the front end, which um, I, are the purposes of that is to identify children early. There are specialists um, of many different uh, backgrounds who are working uh, tirelessly to make sure that they can try to, uh, you know, um, see as many children as possible to get the evaluations accomplished. And so this technology is really bridging that gap to be used in collaboration by both of those systems because pediatricians can't do diagnosing alone and neither can specialists because they have such a long wait list and there's just, you know, not enough of them, unfortunately, both geographically and in number. And so, um, you know, both of those parties are working together to make sure that a, that a result like this will, in fact, get the child diagnosed faster and into intervention services earlier. Um, and, and we also see specialists using it as part of their assessment battery to support their clinical impressions and give parents the confidence to immediately start intervention services um, because sometimes parents don't feel comfortable with the current assessment process. As you noted earlier, there sometimes are comments about its subjectivity in nature, and so this gives a nice indication for both parties to work together to make sure that those children are getting the services that they really truly need. Yes, uh, super duper important. So again, before we leave, we wanna make sure that viewers know uh, where to go. We've been putting it on the screen this whole time, but I, for those who are listening on iTunes and on iHeartRadio, can you guys say again very slowly where they go to get the information? Sure, it's clarify with an I, ASD.com. Okay, so C-L-A-R-I-F-I-A-S-D.com, you guys. Thank you so much for being with us, and I, I can't wait to hear more from you guys. It's been so exciting to hear this update of how this is available in this many clinics, and I know if the autism community spreads the word, this will be available more widely to more people. Shannon, thank you so much, um, and please do keep up the great work. We all appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Shannon. Thank you. We're trying. We're trying. Right? Uh, but thank you, guys. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Uh, Bye-bye. So, so uh, you guys, clarify with an I, ASD.com. Um, all right, we are going to take a, a very short break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to close this out with a mindfulness moment. Get that positive thinking going on, all right? Stick with us.
Welcome back to Autism Live, the very special editions that we're doing uh, from various different places. Like so many people who do shows, we're finding new and interesting ways to do this. So I'm, I'm joining you right now live from my guest room, and Traven is making the show happen back at the studio, although we think very soon he'll be making it happen from someplace other than the studio. So there is that. Uh, I wanted to take, we've, we've got like a four and a half minutes, and I just want to take three of those for us to take a couple of deep breaths. So everybody, three slow inhales and exhales, and don't wait for me, you know, take them at your own speed, because we all have different lung capacity, but take a deep inhale and exhale. Put your hands and feet flat on a surface somewhere as you do this, and take your next inhale and exhale. And one more. Earlier this week, we talked about creative visualization and the fact that your brain is this really incredible computer and it can go places in your imagination. That if you take, I know a lot of us are home right now and we're not getting to go the places that we normally get to go to, but the truth is, is that you can go to them in your mind. And if you have one of those virtual reality things, you can put on a virtual reality thing and, and go there visually as well. But if all you have is your mind, that's a lot. If you will just sit for five minutes a day, close your eyes, and visualize someplace that you would like to be, whether it's the beach or whether it's on, on Broadway, on stage on Broadway, or in the audience for a Broadway show, you will find that all of the little neurons in your brain, if you are truly able to visualize and enjoy and think about where's the light coming from in this space and what are the sounds that I hear here and what are the scents that I hear here, and really give yourself an immersive experience in that place that you would like to be, your brain will believe that you are there. It's like being in a, in a, a wake dream state, right? You're, you're, by the way, sleep is more important than ever because your brain needs a vacation from all the things that are going on during the day. And in your dreams, you can go to the Hawaii and walk on the beach on white sand, right? But you can also do that a little bit during the day, and it's a great thing to teach our kiddos too. Let's sit and close our eyes and you can work on the idea of visualization with your kiddos by um, there's a little exercise that they do with kids they go okay I want you to close your eyes and I want you to picture a truck and for a very little kiddo you could you know put a truck in front of them so that they can picture it first they picture the truck then and when they can picture the truck then we say now let's change the color of the truck uh, in your mind, picture painting the truck yellow. Whatever color it was to begin, picture painting it yellow. Now let's change the tires. And, um, you know, see if a child can, can modify with that. Now some kids are going to be frustrated by that. Um, it's okay, then I would revert back to let's just breathe, let's just breathe. But start with putting a real object in their hands and saying, you know, close your eyes and try to see it in, you know, with your eyes closed. Um, a lot of our kids can get that. In fact, it opens up a whole world for them, and it's a very exciting thing. But not everybody can. Don't be frustrated if your child can't. 
but breathe. We all need to breathe. Okay, we um, so today is Thursday. Tomorrow we are going to do a version of Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. Nancy will join me for the news, and then we've got some great guests that are going to be with us tomorrow. So uh, we will be here for that, and then we're here every day next week. And we, uh, where before some of our shows were recorded, we're moving to an all-live model, you guys. So uh, you have the opportunity to be writing in to me to suggest things things that you want to be on the show. If you want to be on the show, pitch an idea to me. We're here. Uh, we're continuing on. And that's really all any of us can do, right? I want you to remember today that whenever it gets overwhelming, to stop for a second, ask yourself those questions. Am I okay? Is my family okay? Is there something I could be doing right now to take care of the thing that is that I'm worried about? If you're worried about groceries, you can go online and you still have the ability to order some groceries online um, and have them delivered. You can do that. Um, if you are worried about funding, there are more and more sources of places, and we're going to be covering this next, at some point next week, places that you can go for assistance, uh, right, if you don't have the money for groceries because I know that for some of you that have it today but you're worried about next week let's take one day at a time right one day at a time I believe that help is on the way and that we as a society will help each other I believe that um, I'm going to choose to believe that today because that's what's it's available to think of the other but it's better for us to believe that we're all going to be okay. And we are seeing tremendous acts of kindness from people in the world. So breathe. What can you do today? And you just do what you can today. We're going to get through this. Si se puede, right? All right. We are out of time. But my friends, I... I can't thank you enough for the privilege of being able to be here with you, and I thank Traven for helping to make it possible. We will continue on. I will see you tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.